I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. I, I want to um, want you to open up to probably the most quoted chapters, verses in all of Bible history. Billboards show it. You see it all over the place. John 3.16. John 3.16. Before I start, at the end of my message, I, at the end of, uh, of what I'm going to do, I, 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 need, I need complete participation. If I ask you to come forward, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. But if I ask you to come up, I'm going to ask different people to come up who's involved in different aspects of ministry, I want you to come up here, okay? Please don't take a lot of time when I ask that. I just want you to come right up. Because I believe God is going to do something. And I, I, I do need your help to preach tonight. And uh, I believe God is, is going to do that. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to preach to you tonight. I, 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 the title that it kept coming to my mind was this. It's not easy to go to hell. I, I know that sounds probably against some of y'all's theology. Because right? the Bible says, uh, broad is the gate of destruction. I know that there's people all over the world that's dying right now as we speak, that are going into the, the portals of hell. But I believe that God has made it hard for us to go. I, if I had another title to put on this, I would. I, it's pretty lengthy to take up my whole page, but I would title this, God's Obstacles Between Us and Hell. I know hell is not a very popular subject to preach on in this last day, but it's a very real place. It's not something you just see in a horror flick. It's not just something that you see on TV during Halloween time or uh, mentioned in a, in a curse word. But hell is a real place. And there are people that are going there every day. I have family that have slipped into eternity and probably went to hell. And I... I, I, I think about them all the time. But, and I can't obsess over those people that went to hell. I just got to try to stop the ones that are still leave, living and breathing and keep them from going into hell. It's not easy to go to hell. Lord bless you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. It's not easy to go to hell. It's not easy. Revelations 13 and 8 tells us that that the lamb was of God, excuse me, the lamb of God was slain before the very foundation of the earth. And I know I know I've brought this out before, but I want to let you know it tells us that salvation for God's people was God's priority over all the creation that came after the fact before the Milky Way was spread throughout the vast area called space, before the dirt was formed into a round mass of ball called earth, before light was ever spoken 
into existence. God made a way of salvation for His people. All of creation, listen to me, had to take back seat to what God felt was the greatest of all accomplishment. You are God's greatest of all accomplishment. God puts more glory and take or gets more glory over man and woman than He ever did in anything that He ever made. This whole world, this whole earth, the Milky Way. You are His greatest accomplishment. Say, I'm His greatest accomplishment. If I can convince you of that, then you could do anything that you set your mind to do. That tells me the salvation plan has more seniority over everything that God has ever done after the fact. Before the moon ever got a chance to reflect its first rays of light from the sun, God had already provided Himself a sacrificial lamb. Before the oceans ever held any water, and before they ever got a chance to make the first wave, God set the captives free. Before the mountains ever saw the first drop of snow, the cross was designed designed to facilitate the death of my Savior. Before one star ever got a chance to reveal a glimmer of light, God made a way of escape out of the destructive, destructive power of sin and death. Why? Why did He take the time before He did anything else to, to go to a cross, if you will. He, he's a God of all dispensations of time. He, why in the world, before He done everything else, He made it a priority to go through the pain and go through the loneliness that He took on the cross called Calvary's Hill. I believe He did it because He wanted you to know He wanted us to know that we are the most important part of His creation. Before any problems ever arose, He solved them. Before sickness ever manifested itself, He healed us. Before sin ever tried to destroy us, His blood gave the power to wash us clean. Before death ever arrived, He took the sting of it away and He caused the resurrection. Before Satan ever fell from heaven, He gave the church power to cast out devils in His name. He was the answer to your problem before it ever came. That's why you don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear sickness. You don't have to fear failure. Because He already gave us an answer for it. We are God's priority. We are His first choice. We are the apple of His eye. And nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, will ever keep Him from getting to us. Nothing can ever keep us from getting to Him. We are His priority. Say it. Say, I'm His priority. Come on, say it again. You need to believe it. You know, you believe in that. You truly getting a hold of that. Eliminates any problems that you'll have in the future. 
That's so simple, I know. It's not real deep or anything. But knowing that God's got your back and He's already created a a way out of escape for your problems, for your issues, for everything that you've ever went through, He's already done it. He's already paid the price. It's already been paid for. His priority. So now that you got that revelation and understanding that, it gives us an understanding that the creation of, of this earth and all its resources were created for the benefit of man. Everything that God took the time to, cre- to create uh, under the heavens was intended to sustain His people. Listen to me. God wanted to create a place that mankind could thrive in. He created a place that we could live in, flourish in, and enjoy it until the end of time. That's what a father does. A father wants to give to his children. A father wants to see his children happy. So with us in mind, he begins to, with his imagination, he begins to picture and then he begins to speak the world to ex- into existence. He hangs the moon and stars on nothing. Done it for me. Can't you imagine? Everything after he slayed the foundation of the lamb. He's like, I'm going to create this for him. I'm, this is for his benefit. I'm, it's just, it's just going to be for his, uh, for, for his enjoyment. He said, let there be light, so that the darkness couldn't rule the day on us. See, he gave us the sun, so the warmth could balance out the cold, and also the plants and the trees and vegetations could flourish with with the help of the sun. He gave us the seeds to produce an ongoing production of plants and trees in order to feed the mouths of the hungry. He created the lakes and streams to quench the thirst of our bodies, and so Pastor Robertson could take his boat out, and Sister Robertson could get a break. He created all of it for us. He created the mountain so you could go to Gatlinburg and get away from your kids. He wrote it in Genesis 1, 29. He said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be meat. He gave it. To us, it is very vital that if we are ever going to understand and grasp the magnitude of God's love for man, we need to understand what God has done for us. Past, present, and future. He, everything that He ever did, He done for us. I'm going to go against some of y'all's theology here, and I'll, I'll just tell you, I know I'm right. God gave me a revelation. You know what the Bible's about? I've heard it preached all my life that it was about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Everything points to Jesus, and I don't get sick of it. I need all him I can get. But that's not what it was about. It's like a very ironic painting. You think you know what it's about. It's about the Messiah. It's about the Savior. It's about Jesus. And it should be about Jesus to us. But that's not what the Scripture was about. The Scripture was about a father or a husband chasing his bride throughout the history of time. Everything in that Scripture wasn't about Jesus. It was about you. Everything was about us. 
It was a husband writing love letters to his bride. From the beginning to the end. That's how much he loves us. I'm not saying that to build build you up and swell your head. But everything that he put in the scripture was about us. I'm going to let that sink in. You're going to go to bed about 3 o'clock in the morning and you're going to raise your head off the pillow and understand that everything that He ever did, every everything that He ever uh, made a way for us, every sickness that He ever cured, every sin that He ever washed away, it was about you. It was about me. me. You see, worship's not about God. It should be to about, uh, for, to on our part. But worship, he don't need built up. He don't have an inferiority complex where he needs somebody to pat him on the back and say, God, you're a good God, and we should do that. It's not about... Worship is about this. He said, I inhabit the praises of his people. That's why we worship, so he can get close to us. Not so we can get close to him. See, we've been worshiping too long for the wrong reason, I feel the Holy Ghost. We've been worshiping for the wrong reason. That's why we haven't seen the result like we want to see. We need to start worshiping so He can get to us. That's when He visits us. Oh, my goodness. Man, I feel an anointing here. He did it. He he already made a way out and he created man. I've heard people constantly throughout my life say, why in the world did he create mankind knowing that Adam and Eve would mess up? Well, he he really messed up then, didn't he? God's not a perfect God. No, he just happened to give us a bunch of imperfect people the power of choice, and we're just fools. He knew about the disobedience of Adam and Eve. He knew before he ever spoke the world into existence that eventually he would be separated from Adam. He knew that the one that he created, the one he loved, he knew that we would be separated. He knew before he set them up in the paradise called Eden that they would reject him. He knew that they would reject his law. He knew that, but he took a chance on them. Why? Because love doesn't know hurt and pain. It just goes forward. It just goes forward. It doesn't matter how much they rejected him. He still loves him. Can I tell you you haven't went far enough for God not to find you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you go. He's going to love you till the day that you die. He'll chase you when you're laying on your deathbed. He'll be standing over you telling you, I love you. All I want you to do is ask me to forgive you. So your failure is not a surprise to God. He said, I already know they're going to fail. So what I'll do, I'll go in advance. And I'll already have the price paid. That's why it said that he was slain before the foundations of the world. He said, I'm going to make them. And I'm already let them know that they're already going to have a way out before they need it. And that just, that, that may, 
So before he did anything, he designs a plan to, that would reunite him with what he loved the most. He made a way of escape before you and I ever needed it. Can I tell you that before he ever made the, you ever made the choice to sin, before you ever go out tomorrow and you mistakenly fail, you not, can I tell you how powerful God is? He's already going to be waiting on the other side saying, I love you, I love you, I don't care what you do, I still... I want you to understand that you and I, you and I are in the best interest of God. I want you to know tonight that the very thing that is on His mind at all times is you. He doesn't care how bad men have become. He doesn't care how bad the United States has uh, taken a downward spiral towards sin and debauchery. He still loves this country. He still loves this people. But you don't understand, Brother Hill. I've gone way too far. I don't, I don't know if I can ever... Make it back home. I, I've done too much. I, I've done too many drugs. I've, I've, done, I've taken too much alcohol. I, I've hurt too many people. I've hurt my family and they've rejected me. They don't want anything to do with me. You don't understand. God doesn't look at you like other people look at you. God looks at you like, like a father would to his son that messes up and fails. He still loves you. He looks at you through the blood of Calvary. He said, but the Bible says, but God commandeth his love towards us in that while ye, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want to tell you that Jesus didn't come to lay down his life for a church that had it all together. He didn't come for a church that had everything going for him. He came and he died for you, for a people that was failures, that was drug addiction. He came in search of the afflicted, the lame, the deaf, the blind, the cancer, the dead, the addicted, the broken, the depressed, the deceived, the broken homes, the poor, the rich, the bullied, the castaways, the incarcerated, the lonely, the proud. He came looking for people like me. People like you. One thing God has never done. God has never made anyone serve Him. He has never forced anyone to make the right choices. He's never, ever forced anyone to go to heaven. He has never made someone else's mind up for Him. He won't make you... He won't make you serve Him. But I'll tell you what He'll do. He'll give you every opportunity that He can ever conjure up in His mind and create every opportunity for you not to go to hell, for you not to be lost... That's what he does. He starts 
by giving us a road map to get to heaven. We call it the Bible. It's the largest obstacle that is in the arsenal of God. Matter of fact, it's so powerful and so unmovable that he made the statement that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. The heavens and the earth will dissipate and his word will continue to breathe light into, the, into man until the end of eternity. His word is unmovable, unmovable and it stands between you and a place called hell. His word has stood the test of time through heartache and through pain. Standing at the forefront of fierce battles after battles, men had tried to remove the foundational doctrines and truth from the, the foundations of this world. But can I tell them that they'll never, ever destroy? They can tear the pages out of my Bible. They can throw it out of schools. They can throw it out of courthouses. But you will never, ever get rid of the word of God. Why? Because he planted it there to keep me and you from going to hell. That's why. I'll go one step further than that. He won't allow you to change it. I get so sick and tired of people on Facebook preaching false doctrine. I, 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 I I'm over it too. I don't want. I know I'm gonna make make your blood pressure boil talking about Facebook. But I get so sick and tired. You know what? I'm. A, I started standing up for truth, and I started telling people how a cow eats the cabbage. I don't care if it hair lips every devil in hell, and it makes you delete me off of Facebook. I'm gonna tell you the truth. You'll never be able to change the Word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. Don't try to make it fit the way you want to live. Because the way you want to live won't get you to heaven. The Word of God will help you get to heaven. Oh, man. I, Facebook wasn't in my notes. I just felt some kind of... Man, Brother Robertson's... Gave us the Word. He said it for us. As a means of deliverance. Rooted and grounded between us in eternity. God has built up not just the word. But extensions of his word. Armies of powerful anointed men and women of God. They have given their lives for the gospel. And they have stood in testimony that proves that we really can live for God. In a dark and grim hour in this last day. There has been men and women that have stood up for truth. And they went to hell and back. And they've lost children and lost grandchildren. And they don't make any excuses. They still stand for truth. They don't care what they look like women when they walk outside and people look at them and say well you can just live like you want to and laugh at them they stand they stood the, uh, the test of time and if they can do it then we can do it they are obstacles well this standard thing 
Pastor Robertson, this little thing that you said, Kate, you can't go there and you can't go there here and you, you can't listen to this and you can't do this. And listen, that, that, that's really not in the Bible. I don't, I don't find it in here. Let me tell you what they are. That's a man that is experienced and has a prayer life with God and says, I understand that if I don't draw the line here, that my people will walk this way and before long they'll be heading straight for a devil's hell. So what he decides to draw the line in the sand it's because he's trying to keep you from going further does that make sense well it's not really not necessary in this last day read a a story of Alexander the Great he was on his way he went to give a a, a speech to his uh, his um, his men in battle, he made rare appearances. And on his way back to his tent, there was a man that was sitting on the side of the road. He was dressed in army attire, and he was crying. Alexander the Great looked at him and said, What is your name? He said, My name is Alexander. He said, Let me tell you something. He said, You either change your character or get off of my battlefield. I think it's high time that the apostolic people start living up to what we either are apostolic or we need to get off the battlefield. We need to stand up for truth or we need to get out. Oh, that's, that's really harsh to say. But listen to me. These men here are obstacles between you and a place called hell. I better get on or I'm going to get whooped. That's all right. I can steal here. Sometimes I can still hear hard-nosed apostolic preachers in my past, in my life. I can still hear Brother Robertson, Pastor Sullivan, preaching those messages on hell and how to overcome the temptations of this world. Those things never leave me. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a father for telling me that I don't have any business going to that party or going there or or, or hanging out with those people. When I said, Dad, those are my friends, he said, I don't care. I understand who you are and I understand what they are. I don't want you going there. I won't ever remember my my grandfather preaching on heaven. I, I won't ever forget. Did I say remember? I won't ever forget it. It's burnt right here. It's in my heart. And what those things are, even though it frustrated me when those men uh, went against my my grain and told me I couldn't do this. I I understand now. God showed me those are obstacles. He just keeps building them. He just keeps building them. No. The Sunday school teachers. Sunday school teachers. Don't you ever think that your job is in, insignificant? Oh, no. It was a lot more than the cupcakes and the cookies and the Kool-Aid and the coloring books that they passed out to me when I was going to Sunday school. They, they were trying to connect me to God at an early age. They were investing me, putting in my heart and my spirit that you don't, whatever you do in life, you don't ever want to go to hell. 
Well, that's a little scary telling a kid, I hope the goodness that you people, that you people that teach my children, scare my children out of hell. I don't care what you have to tell them as long as it scares them back to heaven. Those men and women standing between me and hell is the reason that I'm up here right now. Think I made it because I'm popular? Think I made it because I have a name? No. It's because of people that you don't even know their names. They've invested in me, told me the truth. And, and now I'm here because of people like you. People like you. Those men and women standing between me and hell. God put them there to make it hard for me to go to hell. Standing between us and eternity, God called women of faith and men of faith, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are the some, just some of the obstacles that stand between us and hell. Why? For the perfection of the church so the church can do their job to keep people from going to hell. And it doesn't stop there either. How can I forget about the prayer warriors? I don't easily forget getting up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, hearing my mama lay in the floor praying for her children. God, I pray that you would use my sons. God, I pray that the anointing would rest upon them. I pray, God, that you do whatever it takes to keep my children from being lost. That's why I'm here. Because of obstacles like her. Ah, Jesus. I, I want to preach something exciting, but I, I feel God is really given me something here tonight. And I forget the prayer meetings in a church. We pray and we forget how long we were there. People were slain in the Spirit. Healings were taking place all over the place. Oh, and those... Worship services that were so powerful. Men and women of God that would play the music and sing praises unto God. And some of the songs that they sung would draw you in. It would, it would just, it would eat. I've seen sinners, their knuckles were turning white because they were clawing into the back of the pews because they were doing everything they could not to step into the aisles because of the conviction was on them so powerful. Those are the obstacles that God has put in front of us. So can I tell you, can I tell you, and it really, truly is to go to hell. Hard to go to hell. I want, I want all the Sunday school teachers to come up here. I want you to come up here. I, if you've ever taught Sunday school, I want you to come up here.
I want you to hear me. Just picture that wall over there. Over on that wall on the other side, that wall is hell. If you want to go to hell, you're going to have to climb over it. Every message that she taught, that he taught, that she taught him, 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 him. If you want to go to hell, you're going to have to climb over every message they ever taught about Adam and Eve. About it they ever taught about Noah and Abraham and David and Goliath. You remember, you know what I'm talking about, kids. You're going to have to climb over these obstacles. And on the way there, those memories and those messages that they preach, they're going to claw at you and they're going to be holding you back, keeping you from going that direction. And they're going to hold you and they're going to do everything that they can to keep you from going to hell. I want all the ushers and I want all the... The, uh, the, uh, the, the greeters to come up. I want you to come up here. I told you I heard from God and this is what I feel like. I want, no, I want you all to stay up here. I want you to stay up here. If you, if you got health problems, you can't stand. I understand. Sit down on the altar. Or you can go back to your seat. I'm, I'm making a point here. You see these men? And you see those ladies right there that just walked up? They greet every person, every man, woman, and child that comes into this place. They shake their hands. And when you shake their hands, there's an anointing on them. And they pray for you when you walk in here. They learn your name when you walk in here. And every single one of them's got your back. If you want to go to hell, you're going to have to climb over every handshake. You're going to have to climb over every hug and every bit of love that they've ever shared with you. You're going to have to climb over it. Oh, Oh, I'm forgetting where I'm at. I want all the deacons to come up here. If you're a deacon in this church, I want you to come up here. These men here are pillars in our church. And they make decisions. What goes, what, what's between right and wrong. And when this man right here wants to get, uh, get uh, instruction, if you will, from men, he goes to these men of God. And every decision that they make, they, they, it makes this church run right. If you want to go to hell, you're going to have to climb over them. I want every, every musician and everybody that's in the choir and every praise singer to come up here. Uh, you, I want you to hear me. I want you to get a vision of this. Oh, you're not all, you're not going to get all out of this. I remember those old songs. Those old songs like Old Rugged Cross. 
They get me every time. And I see a crimson stream of blood and amazing grace and how great is our God. And I'm marching on to a battlefield. Those people come to church and before anything, any preaching or any ministering is done, those people are up here beating the drum and, and playing the guitar and playing the piano and singing out every devil and getting rid of every spirit that's trying to trip you up. They're up here leading in worship. They fight all kinds of devils for you. And so, if you want to go to hell, you're going to have to climb over every single one of them. Every time they've ever sung about Calvary. Every time they've ever sung about the resurrection. You're going to have to climb over every song that they've sung. I want every kid to come up here. I want all the kids to come up here. Man, I have all the whole church up here. There ain't no room. We're going to have to tear out the pews. A few months ago, a few weeks ago, and, and just tonight, these, these young people come up here and they give everything they got. They pray with every bit of guts and every bit of heart that they've got. I've got it on video. I wish I could have played it. They was up here travailing. I'll tell you what they was up here travailing about. They were saying, God, save my grandpas. Save my grandma. Save my brothers and sisters. God, I pray that you would touch the people in this church. I pray for the backsliders. That's who they pray for. So if you want to go to hell, you're going to have to look those young people in the face. And you're going to have to climb over their prayers. I want every preacher to stand. If you can't, you can't. It's all right if you can't. It's all right. You're right there. I want the preachers, I want all the ministry to stand up here. I want you to stand up here. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for preaching to me. Thank you. Thank you for preaching to my children. Thank you for speaking words of encouragement. Thank you, preachers. Thank you for teaching Bible studies. If you want to go to hell, you're going to have to climb over every message that man right there has ever preached. Every message you've ever preached on prayer. Every message you've ever preached on healing. Every message you've ever preached on unity. Every prayer that you've ever prayed. Every sleepless night that you woke up because you prayed for this. You're going to have to go through Him. You're going to have to wade through Him. And you're going to have to climb over every message these men have preached. All right, if you've ever come to church early and prayed for your family and interceded for your family, I want you to come up here. Come on. If you can't physically make it, I understand. Sister Kay, I know, I know you can't make it. If you can't, that's fine. But if you've ever prayed for your sons and your daughters and for your grandchildren, I want you to step out of your pew. I want you to look at this church. I want you to look at the obstacles. I want you to see 
how much God cares about you. I'm going to make a declaration to hell and to the devil. If you want my my people, if you want my children, you're going to have to go through everybody that is standing up here. He's going to have to climb over every prayer. And if two can put what? 10,000. Then how many are standing up here? I can tell you something. That the devil's in trouble. Because God has put every obstacle that you can think of in front of you in destruction. And the devil is going to have to go through every single one of you. I want the music to come. I want all of you to stay up here. I know I talk about feeling inferior a lot. I know I do. But I'll tell you what, we're going to tackle it until it's completely destroyed. But I want you to understand. I want people right here to understand. You look around you, and this is how much God cares about you. This is how much God's invested in you. I want you to know that God truly does love you. Because if He didn't, He wouldn't mess with you. He wouldn't put any obstacles in front of you. And with this unity right now, we're going to get a hold of the throne room of God. And we're going to, be, we're going to call out every person's name in our family that's lost. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has set before you to bless you, to guide you. To shake your hand, to hug you when you're lonely, to pray for you when you're sick. All over this place. I want you to raise your hands all over this place. Hallelujah. It's not easy to go to hell. It's not easy to be lost. If you want to be lost, you're going to have to, you've already climbed over us. Hallelujah. 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 Let's pray for Brother Eldar's mama since we got this much unity in prayer. I want you to lift your hands right now. And I want you to pray for Eldar's mom, for her body, and this sickness that she's going through.
that God visits her right now and sends an angel to, to touch her and minister to her. God, let her feel your presence. Let her feel your prayers. In the name of Jesus, the unity of this church. Come on, there needs to be a spirit of intercession all over this place. Come on. I need you to cry out to Him. We need you to cry out to Him. Come on, let's touch the throne room of heaven. It's early. It's not even 7.30. Come on. Let's get rid of ourselves. Let's literally step in front of Jesus between somebody else and breach the gap. There is an anointing power of the Holy Ghost in this place. There is a unity right now of power and worship in this place. Can you say, sing, He loves us? Oh, how He loves us. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now would be a good time if you need the Holy Ghost to come up here. Right now would be a good time if you need deliverance, you come up here. Right now would be a good time if you need healing in your body to come up here. Right now would be a good time if you need deliverance from your mind, from the chains that have have tried to depress you to come up here. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, all over this place, we need to react to that. We need to heed the word of the Lord. 